Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Amen. You can... Yes. We are... uh, We have uh, just an anointed... um, We're blessed with great people in our church too, amen? You know, this is a, a, a great church because, not because we're necessarily great, but because we serve a great God. And um, he's working in and through us. And um, it's, 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 a, it's a privilege to be here. As you know, I am not Pastor Barry. Um, he's out of town this morning at a family wedding this weekend. And so uh, he's getting some time away. And so you can pray for him. And, um, but I'm excited to, to deliver the word of God to you this morning. And, um, you know, there's, there's uh, such truth in this word. And, you know, honestly, if I could just be transparent, um, you know, I preached a lot of messages in, in my life. And, you know, for whatever reason, this, you know, a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, yeah, I got, I've got the message. And, you know, I felt like the Lord downloaded some stuff in my heart and was working on it, chewing on it, meditating it, writing it down. And then all of a sudden this week, it just all changed. And it was just kind of challenging. And I've learned, I've learned enough. I've been around enough, long enough now that I've, I can understand when, when it's kind of challenging to put the words to paper um, or craft it in a way that I can communicate it well, um, that, that the enemy is, is working hard in our everyday lives to stop us from hearing the word of God. And this morning, I just want you to open up your heart. I just want you to open up your ears. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with, but, uh, but our, our, our father does. And I believe he gave, me, gave us a word this morning that has benefited me as well. But, you know, the last couple of weeks, um, our pastor has been talking about, you know, recalibrating and how God still does. And haven't those been just amazing messages? Amen. You know, the testimonies, the powerful testimonies that we got to hear about the work that God is doing in the lives of people. I don't know, every single one of them, you know, I, I kind of, my wife and I chuckle sometimes because, you know, I used to like love... I, I think it's because my wife won't let me watch action movies anymore. And uh, so I can watch a show and I'm just weeping. You know, there's this horse show called Spirit that my girls love. And I'm crying when the horse, like one of the horses get injured. And I'm like, what is happening to me, honey? We need to watch like Rambo or something. I mean, enough of this, this, this stuff that's moving my emotions. I'm not that old yet. Um, but, uh, you know, as I was listening to those testimonies, I could just feel uh, the presence of God working big things out in people's lives. And you know, I was challenged, and I want to challenge you, that you know, those are the things that you and I need to be sharing. Those are the things that we need to be communicating. When God does something, don't hold back and say, well, you know, people don't want to hear it. No, we want to hear it. Your neighbor wants to hear it. Your coworker wants to hear it. Your spouse wants to hear it. Your children need to hear it. When God is doing things in your life, shout it on the rooftops. You know, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff, we share a lot of bad reports, right? Because there's plenty of it. Nowhere does Jesus instruct us in his word to share what the media says. Nowhere does the, the Holy Scriptures instruct us in the word to share about all the negative that's going on. No, we're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news. If you've got good news in your life, share it. Yeah, if you've got bad news in your life, you can share that too with your brothers in the Lord for prayer and help and encouragement and counsel. But share the word of God, amen? 
And, um, and so anyways, I just want to encourage you with that. They've been great messages. If you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to them, and they will bless you. And, um, you know, I'm a parent right now, and I've got four little children. And, um, you know, if, if you're a parent or you've raised your kids, you can understand that parenting is thrilling, right? It, it's, it's, it's exhausting, it's tiring. You know, I can remember when we were, we had our first, we were pregnant with our first child and we went out to dinner. That was when we could do that. And, um, you know, now we can't because we have kids. But anyways, we used to be able to go out to dinner and the waitress like, oh, you're pregnant. Can I touch your belly? I'm like, no, I'm not pregnant. My wife is. And um, no, just, <laughs> just joking. No. So she's like, you know, commenting on my wife's pregnant. Is this your first one? And we're like, yeah, we were young. And she's like, oh, get ready to never get any sleep ever again. And, you know, almost 12 years into parenting now, I realize how true that statement really was. But parenting is a blast, and it is one of the most rewarding things um, that I have ever done in my entire life. Um, you know, sometimes I go to bed at night thinking there is no way I can do it again tomorrow, but the Lord strengthens me for the next day and the next day. And one thing I've learned in parenting is that children don't always seem to hear what we say. Anybody relate? Any parents relate there? You know, we say something, but our children don't quite hear it the same way for some reason. And it leaves us scratching our heads like, that's not what I just said. You know, my daughter is really good at this. She is very animated, very artsy. And uh, uh, she loves music, she loves dance, she loves all that stuff, and she's very elaborate in her conversation. And so they can have a, her and my wife can have a conversation during the day. Like right now, my daughter really wants a horse. And she's been believing for a horse, saving for a horse, praying for the horse. And her and my wife will be talking, and then I'll get home from work, and she'll say, Daddy, guess what? Mom said I can go get a horse. And I'm looking at my wife, and she's like, that's not what I said. And, and time and time again, that happens. We'll eat dinner, and, you know, I've learned as the older I get that it's not healthy to eat ice cream every single night of the week, so I've had to kind of limit that. So now I do it six nights out of the week. And, and um, you know, we have to have that fruit and veggies night, and the kids will want dessert, right? And they'll come to me, and they'll say, hey, Dad, can we have dessert? And I'll say, no. And then I'll hear in the other room, hey, Mom, Dad said we can have dessert. No, that's not what I said. And how many, you know, sometimes, and it's got me thinking, like, how many times does our Heavenly Father have things outlined and written in the Scriptures, in the Word of God, for you and I to live our lives by, and we're executing life, and he's thinking, Christian, son, daughter, that's, that's not what I said. And so the, the title of my message this morning is Say What? And um, really, the only reason why I picked that title was because I, I've been... Uh, no, or I've been told that every time I preach and pick a title, it's way too long and they can't fit it on the screen. So I picked a title that will stick with us. Two words, we can do this. Let's turn, if you have in your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 7. And that's where I'd like to start this morning. And this is a familiar text and a familiar portion of Scripture. But I believe that it's something that we as Christians, myself included, that we don't always put into practice. And Jesus is very clear here on some things. In Matthew 7, verse 24, if you have your Bible on your phone or, or uh, in, in a form like me in, the, in your hand, just open it up. It says, therefore, it'll be up on the screen, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man 
who built his house on the rock and the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But, verse 26, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, say does not do them, does not, there's a, there's a difference here. Does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You know, how many times have we experienced this in our own lives that we, we were told to do something? We were, you know, I, 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 every once in a while, you know, we have to take our vehicles to a mechanic, right? And the mechanic says, hey, your brakes are bad, you need them replaced. We know better, oh no, they're just fine. I can get another 2,000 miles out of them, right? And then you end up rear-ending somebody because your brakes were bad. And your mechanic warned you. Your mechanic gave you wisdom. Your mechanic told you, but, and you heard it, but you didn't do it. You know, what Jesus says matters. And Jesus is saying here, he's saying, you do not know it unless you use it. And you did not hear it unless you do it. He gives us an illustration of two builders, the wise and the foolish. And then he, he even, he goes so far to say, you know, he doesn't say if the rains descend, if the floods come, if the winds blow. No, he says they're going to, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. Isn't that great hope, right? We know, you know, that this, uh, and I'll just be completely honest here, since March, you know, COVID, we're all sick and tired of hearing it. I'm sick and tired of hearing it. And it's disrupted a lot of things. But, you know, since March, we have this saying in, at, our, at my workplace that, you know, okay, where are we going to get punched today? You know, we, we just feel like we're punching bags and from our, from every, I work in the building industry, every level of distribution, supply, inventory, price, personnel, everything is just crazy. I've never experienced it like this. And so I go in the morning and I'm like, okay, where am I going to get hit today? And you know, the, the, Jesus prepared us for these types of times. And there, there is a way to navigate through life's difficulties unshaken. There is a way to move through bad doctor reports without being moved. There is a way to go through financial crisis and know that you'll come out okay. And Jesus gave us an unlimited supply of scriptures outlined in the word of God. And he encourages us, he, he instructs us, he says, if you're wise, you're, gonna, you're not only gonna just hear what I say, but you're gonna apply it. You're gonna use it, you're gonna do it. Or the other alternative is you can just be foolish. Who in here wants to be noted wise? I am not a theologian. I am not a scholar. I am not very intelligent. Actually, when it comes to tests, I, I dislike them very much. I can remember one time in high school that um, uh, towards the tail end of my high school years, I was not following God. I was struggling in things. And my mom heard from the Lord and said that, you know, she knew that she needed to homeschool me. Otherwise, she was going to lose her son. And so, you know, she homeschooled me. And I can remember I, I had one up on her. She, I had this... Uh, algebra or geometry or whatever book it was and in the back of the book it had all the odd answers right anybody have books like that and so I said mom these tests are really long can I just do all the odds and uh she's like sure that'll be fine and um 
You know, I, I didn't get 100%. I wasn't that dumb. I would miss a few here and there. How many of you know that's foolish? I was learning something. I was hearing something, but I wasn't using it. And if, if my mom didn't catch on, it could have cost me greatly in life. And Sunday after Sunday, we can come to church Day after day, we can get in the word of God. We can let it minister to our heart, but there comes a time, church, when we need to use it. We need to put application. We need to put feet to our faith, so to speak. We need to use what Jesus says, and he illustrates it so well. And this, you know, this portion of scripture, um, and for sake of time, I'm not gonna go there, so you can skip all those slides that I've got coming up here of, of the Sermon on the Mount, but you know, this portion of scripture comes at the tail end of when Jesus is preaching on the mountain. And it's a very famous and well-known period of scripture, a portion of scripture, and Jesus lays out so many things in the word of God that will benefit us. As Christians, really, they're they're kind of they're they're the ideals that our Christian faith is built off of, and I encourage you to go read it. It's in Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, and um, just a wonderful portion of Scripture. But Jesus concludes that message. He concludes all of those wonderful things with this portion, this parable. That therefore, whoever hears and doesn't do it is foolish. In 2 Timothy, um, or excuse me, in John chapter 8, verse 31, I want to read this verse. John 8, verse 31 and 32, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If, there's that qualifier again, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That word abide means to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy. Abide is to continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present, to remain, to stand, to tarry for. I didn't put this up here on the slides, but that word to know, it says, and you shall know the truth. That know is to perceive, to understand, to recognize, to gain knowledge, to come to know it. It's gnosko. It's the, that knowledge that has an inception, a progress, and an attainment. It is the recognition of truth by personal experience. Church, I know God is good because I personally experienced it. I know that the word of God says, if I abide, if I remain, if I stay steady on the scriptures, it keeps me grounded. When all life looks opposite of what we're believing for, what we're dreaming for, what we're hoping for, what was even outlined in the scriptures, we remain steady and grounded and firm on the written word of God. When you don't feel like it, stand on the word. And I know I'm not the only one that just walks through life right now and just feels like you're getting hit on every side. It happens to all of us at different times, different seasons. But what do we need to, what, what anchors our soul? What keeps us grounded? What keeps us from getting knocked down? It's the word of God. Without the word, church, we are nothing. You know, this word is so significant that there is a number of people that have been martyred to get this Bible in our hands. And I'm going to read briefly here a story of a man who died because he had such a conviction that the word of God was so important that he, he sacrificed his own life so that you and I could have this in our hands. And it's a man named William Tyndall. And it's, it's, the story goes, in the early 1500s, William Tyndall came to a saving faith in Christ Jesus by reading the New Testament in Greek 
as a university student. As he studied the scriptures for himself, he recognized that many of the church's teaching were contrary to the Bible, clouding the sinner's path to Christ. Because most people could not read Greek or Hebrew or Latin, Tyndale determined to translate the Bible into English so that the people of England could read the Bible for themselves. But the church leaders did not want the people reading the Bible for themselves for fear that it would undermine their authority and the holiness of Scripture. Consequently, the King of England, the Emperor of Germany, and the Pope of Rome all wanted him dead. Living as a hunted man, he crisscrossed the lands of Western Europe, laboring tirelessly and managing to stay one step ahead of his captors until completing the translation of the English New Testament. These he had printed, and then he smuggled them back into England and distributed them. With the completion of the New Testament, he began the arduous task of translating the Old Testament from Hebrew to English. It took Tyndall three years to translate the first five books of the Old Testament. Three years. We can read the entire Bible in a year, and it took this man three years to translate just the first five books. When his enemies has learned of his whereabouts, he fled aboard a ship, escaping capture again. However, a great storm arose at sea, wrecking the ship he was on, and he narrowly, narrowly escaped with his life, but without his manuscripts. They were all washed out to sea, drenched and shivering on the shores. He resolved to start again. By the time of his capture and imprisonment, he had completed one-third of the Old Testament, and he spent 18 months in a rat-infested dungeon cell before going to trial on heresy. He was convicted and burned at the stake. Before being consumed by flames, listen to this prayer that he had. He was, he was being suffocated. He was on the stake. And before he was consumed, he said, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. Less than two years after his death, King Henry VIII, who was an evil king, by the way, granted permission for the publication of the Bible in English. Tyndall's translation was used nearly word for word. This man understood the significance, the importance of the word of God, yet how many times do we take what's in here for granted and we don't even look at it? How many days do we go before we read the word of God? I love the Bible app on my phone because there are mornings, I'll be, I'll be quite honest, there's mornings I'm running late or whatever and I just am exhausted and I forget to read the word of God or I let my flesh win the battle of, you know, the, in Romans it talks about our flesh is that enmity against God, it's at war against God constantly. That's something we have to fight. Your flesh doesn't want to feed on the word. Your flesh, flesh wants to feed on the TV, on the news, on the media, on Facebook, on ice cream, on cookies, whatever it is. That's what your flesh wants. But your spirit is craving the inspired written word of God. But so many times we're feeding ourselves with other things. And church, I, I challenge you this morning, this word that that man died for is something of great value. And I, I, I guarantee you, you can take this to the bank. There's not much you can take to the bank of what I say or have, but you can take this. If you apply the word to any situation in life, I guarantee you it will see you through. A second Timothy 3, um, 16 and 17 
says this, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, man or woman of God, may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you feel inadequate, if you don't feel equipped for whatever it is that God has called you to do, get in the word. If you feel, if you have shortcomings as a husband, husbands, get in the word. Wives, if you feel short, you have shortcomings as a wife, get in the word. There's nothing more uh, attractive than a husband or a wife that prays, that stands on the word, that believes God together. My wife and I have been through good times, we've been through rough times, and you know what's carried us through the rough times? The word of God. We stand on those things together. And there's sometimes where we've had to, have to, had to kind of stand separately because we were both struggling with different things and we were at, in, at odds with each other and we had to come together. We had to push past our feelings. We had to push past all those negative emotions that you have when your spouse or your, your loved one is, is, is opposite of you or, or being difficult. Anybody in here ever been difficult? My wife's saying, amen, yes, you have, husband. I have been, I can be difficult. I'm a, I'm the type of individual, I don't know what personality trait it is, I'm not up on all those things, but I'm very analytical, and that can drive my wife bonkers, because I have to analyze everything. I'm one of those people that lock the truck, and I lock the truck. Wait, did I lock the truck? I'm gonna lock the truck again. Why do I do that? I have no idea. But she's like, honey, that's lock number eight. If you push it once, it locks all four doors. You don't have to keep pushing it. But that can, you know, that, that can, you know, we're different. And so I analyze things. And sometimes, you know, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. We can't analyze everything because quite honestly, God is gonna ask us to do a lot that doesn't add up. God's gonna, you know, the Bible says, love your enemy. What? Say what? Yeah, Pastor Barry said I had to say that. So there, Pastor Barry, I said it. Say what? Okay, I said it again. I'm done. But the Bible says to love our enemies. Why would, the, why would Jesus say to love your enemy? That just doesn't make sense. The Bible says to forgive, right? The Bible says do good to those who spitefully use you. So if you're struggling with forgiveness, if you're struggling with the ability to love, go to the word. And the, our heavenly father is gonna, really to live the Christian life, it's a combination of a bunch of things that won't make sense. And not in the sense that the word of God is just, you know, uh, uh, doesn't line up with normalcy. No, that's not in any way, shape, or form. But Jesus going on the cross, hanging for yours and my sins, that didn't make sense. We should be paying the punishment for our sins. Why does, why does Jesus have to? If my son messes up, do I punish my daughter? Sometimes I have because I thought it was my daughter who made the mistake and then to come and find out it was my son. But there's, there's so much that Jesus instructs us to do. I wanna read the, that, that portion of scripture in the message translation. It says, every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful for one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way, 
Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. Through the written word of God, church, you and I are shaped up, we're formed, we're put together for the tasks that God has for us. And that word is gonna keep us grounded. Real quick, I wanna look at a, a brief story in the Old Testament where this is put into, put into play. If you could turn to Joshua, Joshua chapter one, or excuse me, Joshua chapter three. And so here's a period of time, just gonna, gonna do a little short synopsis here. Here's a period of time where Joshua, uh, Moses has died. He's, uh, Moses was, you know, the leader of the children of Israel, right? Bringing them out of bondage, bringing them over into the promised land. And Moses has passed away. A new leader has, aro has arose and it's Joshua. And the Lord uh, commands Joshua a lot of good things. Um, I'm gonna quote it here in Joshua chapter one or read it here. Joshua chapter one, verse, verse six, it says, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Listen to the instruction that, our, that the Lord is giving Joshua, the leader of the people, of God's people, leading them into the promised land. They're so close. And this is the instruction that God gives him. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, verse eight, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will prosper and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Look at what the Lord gave Joshua to have as an anchor. You know, they're about ready to enter into hostile territory. It's a difficult period of time. You know, sometimes when we approach those, those promised land moments in our lives, those things that we've been saving for, believing for, even as practical as just getting out of debt or, or believing for health or healing or the salvation of a family member or a new job or whatever it is that, that God is working in you. When we get close to those moments, sometimes those are the hardest times. And Joshua, he has a big task here. The leader Moses, I mean, who would in here wanna follow after Moses, right? Moses is dead and it's now Joshua's turn to take these three million plus people into over the Jordan River into the promised land. And God gives him something to hang on to, something to sustain him during that journey. Church, what's sustaining you? Friends, what's sustaining you? What's keeping you going? What is keeping you moving forward? I wanna give you three keys here that we're gonna get, go through real quick. Uh, my time's going here. Three keys that are gonna help you. The first key is start by following. I'm gonna give you all three of them and then we'll talk a little bit. Second one is step by faith. And the third one is stick with it. Start by following, step by faith, and stick with it. When it comes to the written word of God, church, no matter what God is speaking to you, no matter what you're reading, maybe God is speaking something audibly to your heart or, or to your voice or to your, or to your spirit or to your mind. Maybe, maybe you're reading something in scripture. Maybe you're hearing a message from a preacher. Whatever it is, start by following. Don't be like the foolish man who hears and doesn't do. Start by following. Well, how do I forgive somebody? You start. The Bible doesn't say forgive if they ask for it, right? How do I, how do I, how do I give compassion? You start. How do I get out of debt? You start. How do I believe for health and healing? You start. What do you start with? With the word of God. 
And so Joshua is here in chapter three, and let's look at this. Verse one, it says, then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they crossed. So they're at the Jordan River. They're about to cross over into the land that God promised them a long, long time ago. Verse two, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. They had to start. Yet there shall be a space between you and it. See, the social distancing thing, it's nothing new. It was in the Old Testament. (laughs) There shall be a space between you and it. So if we're tired of social distancing, which I am, um, but it's scriptural sometimes, I guess. So anyways, there's a space between you and So that Ark of the Covenant, that represented the presence of God. And so the leaders come to the people and they say, okay, when you see the Ark of the Covenant come in, I want you to set out and follow it. Church, when you hear the word of God, when the word of God is downloaded into your heart and into your spirit, we need to set out and follow after it. When the Lord leads us, when the Lord instructs us, when the Lord guides us, we need to set out and follow follow it the word of God is so helpful and so it says here uh, verse 4 yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go look listen to this for you have not passed this way before church when you are heading in a direction where you've never been what do you do you start by following Don't worry about what's ahead. Don't try to figure everything out. Don't try to add it all up because it's not gonna add up. The Lord is instructing them to follow the ark and to cross the Jordan River. It didn't make sense. But they had to start by following. So many times we let the start stop us. Don't let the start stop you from whatever it is that God has called, that God has put to lead your family. If you don't know how to lead your family, don't let the start stop you. Lead and lead well. Walk in the light that you have. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God will illuminate your life. He'll illuminate the path that you're to follow. If you feel like you're in darkness, you need more word. If you feel like you don't know which direction to go, seek the word of God. Read the word of God. Seek the Lord. Verse five, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel that they may know as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now listen to this. This this is where it gets really interesting as if it's not interesting enough. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Joshua is telling the priests to approach that river and to stand in it. Now that doesn't make much sense. Why can't we, you know, if the Lord's gonna dry up the river, why can't we wait till it's dry before we step? You know, when we step out in faith, we put a demand on the provision of God. When you step out in areas of your life that are requiring you to trust the Lord, you're putting a demand on the provision of God. What is it that you need to step out in? 
Verse nine, so Joshua said to the children of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out before you um, uh, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hiveites, the Perizzites and the Gergashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites, a whole lot of people, a whole lot of giants in the land, a whole lot of strong armies. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of, the, of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Church, you are not alone. We are not alone in this thing called life. We are not alone in parenting. We are not alone in being a son or a daughter. We are not alone in being a pastor or a teacher or an employer or a laborer. We are not alone in whatever field God has you in, whatever thing God has you doing. You are not alone. The Lord is with you. Can I get an amen on that? We are not, you can talk to me, that's okay. I don't mind if you talk back. The Lord is with us. In verse 13, let's skip down to there for sake of time. And it says, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream and they shall stand as a heap. Now let me tell you why this is significant. So in, in the, uh, the, the non-spring months, the Jordan, the Jordan River is anywhere from three to four feet tall, uh, about 100 feet wide. Big deal, right? If, if the waters don't stop, I'm, I'm walking through waist-high deep water, right? Not, not, a, not a big deal. But at this time of the year, when the Lord was instructing them to cross, it was over a mile wide, and it was a raging torrent of a river. It was impossible to pass. And that is the moment when the Lord instructed them to step. Now, they could have said, but, but Joshua... I understand you heard the Lord tell you to be strong and of good courage, but this is just crazy. Can we just wait another month or two? The seasons change. All the snow that's melted off from the mountains is gone. The river is calmed down. It's a lot easier. We can do that. Church, a lot of times in life, we've got to do a lot of things that we can't do on our own. If God asked us to do everything we could do in our own strength, who's going to get the glory? Is it going to be God or is it going to be us? God is going to ask us to do a lot of things that just don't make sense. And so you know what these people did? They stepped. You know what those priests did? They got to the edge of that river and they stepped in. And you know what the river did? It stopped. And you know what happened? The priests, the ark, the presence of God went before them and all the people crossed over. Church, when you read the word, you know, the, the, the emphasis today is the word of God. I can't get away from the word of God because I believe in the day and age in which we live, friends, we need to know what the word says. You don't need to know everything. I don't know everything in the word. That's why I read it all the time. This Bible of mine, this thing I got in the 1990s. Yes, 1990s. Some of you weren't born in the 90s. And I had it rebound here a couple years ago because it was full of duct tape. But, you know, in my life, this is one of the, if, I, if my house caught on fire, aside from my family, I would take my family first, this would be the next thing that I grab. 
I have notes in here of things that God has spoken to me. I have highlighted this thing up and down and sticky notes and all around. And you can ask my wife, I've tried to buy like 10 or 15. I have 10 or 15 new Bibles in my house. I keep going back to this one because it's so important to me. When I die, I want my kids to pick up this Bible and see what dad heard, see what dad did, see what dad saw, see what God spoke to their dad because this thing is my lifeline. And there's been seasons of my life where I've been so mad at God that I've just ignored this because things haven't turned out how I thought they would. You know what I did? I didn't do my next point. I didn't stick with it at the time. I gave up. I retreated. So many times we can, impro- we can approach that raging river in life and we have, a, we have, the, oppor- we have the, the option, are we gonna stick with it or are we gonna turn back and retreat? Church, start by following, step by faith. There's this quote by Oswald Chambers that, I, Chambers that I read in a devotion here a while back ago. It says, every time you venture out in this life of faith, you will find something in your common sense circumstances that flatly contradicts your faith. Common sense is not faith and faith is not common sense. They stand in relation of the natural and the spiritual. Can you trust Jesus Christ when your common sense cannot trust him? Believe steadfastly on him and all you come up against will develop your faith. Faith is unutterable trust in God, trust which never dreams that he will not stand by us. We make a mistake. You know, is it hard for you to believe that God loves you when you've made a mistake? Stand on the word. Is it hard for you to to accept forgiveness when you know you've screwed up? Embrace the word. Is it hard to forgive others? Embrace the word. Is it hard for you to do things that, 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 that that cause fear in your life and to overcome that fear? Embrace the word. Church, start by following step by faith. And number three, no matter what, the application is simple today, church. Read your Bible. Start doing what it says continue to step by faith even when it doesn't make sense and then stick with it Joshua 21 43 it says so the Lord gave Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers and they took possession of it and dwelt in it the Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers and not a man of all their enemies stood against them the Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands not verse 45 not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel all came to pass we have so many promises written and outlined in the scripture friends and when we take that We apply it to our lives. There will be a time and we stick with it. We don't give up. We don't quit. We continue to do the hard things even when the hard things are tough and tougher and get tougher. Even the world gets darker and darker. Even when you experience things that are just downright unfair. I'm not undermining anything that you have experienced in your life. But you know what? That doesn't have to hold you back because the word of God can propel you forward. And when we apply this word, it changes everything. It changes everything. If you would just bow your head and close your eyes. Our God is faithful. Our God loves you. Our God cares about those details that are in your life. The pastoral staff here, we care about the details of your life. And we know sometimes it's just tough. 
We know sometimes it's glorious. We know sometimes there's times to praise and there's times where we're weeping. But church, I'm really uh, endeavoring to encourage you this morning that if you're at the banks of that river, just step. Continue to let the Lord stir your heart. If you're not ready to step, it's okay. The Lord isn't gonna crack your, your hand with a whip. You know what he's gonna do? He's gonna encourage you and he's gonna give you those verses. Fear not, my son, my daughter. I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. You know, if you're online this morning or you're in person, God loves you. God cares about you. And it's an unending love that, that is faithful. God is faithful. The Bible says in Psalms 37, three, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. I wanna, I just wanna pray. And then after that, we're gonna close with a song and you can sit there, it's okay. I feel like, you know, Pastor Barry talked a couple weeks ago about our faith being tired. And, you know, this is kind of a continuation of last week's message. You know, last, week, last two weeks was God still does it. Today is God's word still works. And if your faith is tired, let the Holy Spirit empower you. Let him build you up this morning. Let him speak the word of God. And so we're gonna listen to a song. If you wanna stand, you can. If you wanna stay seated, you can. Just let, it, let the words minister to you. But I'm gonna pray first and then we'll close with that song. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for these wonderful people. Lord, I thank you for the goodness of, of, of you in our lives. Lord, I thank you so much for the word that has been given to us to help us navigate life, to help us navigate relationships, to help us navigate our families, our, our workplaces, our businesses, our ministries, our finances. Lord, I thank you so much that you empower us to live in this world and to not be defeated. We may be hard pressed on every side, but Lord, we will overcome. Lord, we will go into this world and we will preach the good news. I thank you for your saving grace that forgives all our sins. I thank you that you are faithful and just to cleanse us and to forgive us of all unrighteousness. If you're in here this morning or if you're online, I just encourage you right now, if you're in here and you are just, you're, you're at the banks of a river and you feel almost like you're completely consumed by whatever it is that's going on in your life, just raise your hand right now. Nobody's looking around. Just raise your hand. I see those hands. Lord, I pray for all those people online or in person that have lifted their hands. Lord, strengthen them, encourage their heart. Lord, build them up so they can run their race with endurance. Father God, we love you and we praise you and we give you all the glory. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.